So, Kai, we have a little time before our special guests arrive. Yes. Quick question. If you don't have an answer, okay. Do you have a drag queen name, or, like, have you thought of one? Like, if you had to be a drag queen, oh, if you I, were a drag queen. I have one. It's not the most glamorous one, but... Well, there's a story behind it. it my stage name, my drag name, is Kiki. Kiki, okay, interesting. Yes. Kyle Kiki, but there's a, there's a story behind it. Hmm. So how about you? Do you have one? Um, I was trying to think about this, because I know you don't like when I ask you the question and I don't answer it, which is kind of <laughs> in the formula here. Yeah, but... I, I don't know if it's my name... Or the woman I would like to be. Brianna? No, that's too, oh. that's too, that's too plain. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's, again, I don't know if this is my name, but I would love to be a drag queen with the personality, of this is an obscure reference, unless you're a Woody Allen fan, of Inez in Midnight in Paris. Ooh. That, that, I don't know, she, she speaks to me. You know I've always like loved her. I had a roommate in college who, who if he loved like, like something or a guy or a woman, he'd be like, oh, I live for her. I live for Inez. No, would you like find mine was just a name? Would you put a little adjective to it, like the incredible Inez? The not the incredible, but I'd have to really think about the adjective. But maybe some more Hoff fans can tell me. Yeah, you don't have to tell me that. That's okay. <laughs> Iggy Pop, amen. Let it rain. I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat. We crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Kirby. It's fun to have some fun. Fun, fun. Tommy, that's uh, okay, Ben. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hi, Hoff fans. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of the PSI Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. Today we'll be chatting about a film named Flawless. We have two very special guests today. Yes, with us we have Ona Louise and Goldie Locks. They're two local drag queens that host Drag Bingo. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks uh, for having yeah, us. Yeah, it's our first podcast of the show. Oh, really? really? For, oh, first wow. ever. I know. Yes. I hope awesome. our makeup's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for our audience, um, why don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, just give us a little taste of what you guys are all about. So I'm Ona Louise, and I'm a Brooklyn drag queen. I've been doing drag for about three years. Uh, Goldilocks and I met about eight, nine years ago, but we've been mm-hmm. doing drag together for three years next month. Oh, oh yeah, anniversary. Happy yeah. anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> and I'm Goldie Locks. Um, so, as Ona mentioned, we met each other before drag wasn't even part of our Lots. lives. We've always loved the drag queens. And then we got invited to host a drag bingo for charity um, at a local cafe, and we've been doing it ever since. Right, yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, what what made you go, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is, you know, like you said, you were into drag shows beforehand, but what really made you say, oh, um, I feel like queen? Ona's always wanted to be a drag queen, and <laughs> she didn't want to do it by herself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we needed an opportunity to do so, so. Yeah, and I think um, I've always done, like, performances, performing and stuff, and I was in choirs and shows all my life, so I felt like... It, it was a nice sort of natural artistic outlet for Just me. the next step in our yeah. gay life stuff. Who knew it was so much work? You have no idea. Yes. I mean, it, it seems like it's 
process. It, it's, to... it's a process. <laughs> I have a little experience in it. In college, I uh, did for a charity event. A soror- I was in a fraternity, and a sorority held an event where uh, a guy from every fraternity had to dress in drag. And so my stage name was Kiki. Okay. And I sang oh. uh, Midnight Train Down to Georgia. Nice. I came did in, you, fir- I came in first sync, place. No, I you... sang. Oh, wow. You yeah. sang. I sang, yeah. Oh, and then you've already one-upped us. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Yes, okay. Special guest Kiki. I was say, did month. you do the Gladys Knight version? But then I yes. realized you did Kiki's version. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I did Yeah, I did a melody of It's in His Kiss to uh, Midnight Train in Georgia and Turn the Beat Around. And oh, so that wow. Was, it was a, it was a medley. It was a show. It was a showstopper. I, I didn't know I won that $100. You've to, never... I came in first place, $100 to the Olive Garden. So. Wow. wow. Pretty big deal. Which, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that could go a long way. <laughs> Unlimited bread, you know, salad yeah, and bread Five ninety nine For like, years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, have, is there a video of this? There, There is a video somewhere at my parents' And you haven't house. seen it? I didn't know. I, no, we I were high school know. friends. We, ha- we didn't talk a lot during college. and then We, we had a falling out. <laughs> we had a falling oh, out. No. It's just a little bit more dramatic. It's yeah, that's true. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I do have a picture. I'll show you. I'll show you. Wow. Maybe we'll post it for our uh, fans. Sure. On, uh, yeah, I'm sure the fans would love I became a brunette for that one. Oh. Did you did you shave for you? I did. I shaved. I shaved my face. Was that the last? I was pretty time? much clean shaven. Was that, that the last point. time you were clean shaven? No, I, I shaved for like Halloween. I think back in like I don't know, 2010 or something like that. I think that Ona and I we we let our beards grow in between our gigs. Okay. Just because. Yeah. It's too much trouble. Oh yeah. <laughs> to go clean shaven. Like I only shave. Only shave when I right before I perform. Yeah. Like minutes before. You get a better shave if you let it go. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You I know, wouldn't know. Yeah, I have experience. You, yeah, Brian like, yeah. shaves a lot more often. Than I'll grow I do. like a beard, and then I'll just got a mustache. Get, get angry, and yeah, I've had a, I haven't had a mustache in a while. I did it for the Fourth of July, but oh. kept it a little longer. Mustache is coming back, though. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not, but whatever. <laughs> <It's> because, <laughs> oh, okay. So, so we first saw you to perform at um, Indian Road Cafe, which is a cafe in the neighborhood that I live in. Um, Inwood. We, we, in Inwood. Yes. Inwood, Manhattan. Uh, we had a fabulous time it was awesome now when you came did you actually know you were going to be there for bingo it was just sort of a, f- a happy coincidence no uh we came purposely um, yeah because your girlfriend yes right? my girlfriend uh had been there before and she had gone with her friend and she had said it was awesome oh, so. great. word of mouth also love indian road cafe so yeah it was perfect and then when we watched flawless we're like this is who we have to have on yeah, and we're so glad that you, yeah, you two responded right away, and we we're thankful for that. And I guess, I mean, the next thing that we naturally ask our guests is, what is when, when were you first introduced to Philip Seymour Hoffman, and do you have a favorite role of his? Oh, gosh. I think the first uh, PSH movie... Um, I've seen was Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, he's so good in that. And I think that was my first introduction to him and I but my favorite role is when he plays the cameraman in Boogie Nights oh yeah um yeah, with like the long yeah. stringy hair <laughs> and he's in love with uh, Mark Wahlberg it's pretty oh good. yeah it's so good no I feel like that was the first time that I really noticed him yeah was in Boogie Nights and I saw Boogie Nights in the theater and oh. I love that movie like I love the styling and how they go through like different eras mm-hmm. and that's a big thing that people don't really give to that film is that it's 70s and 80s and, no i yeah. felt like the styling and the music and the sets and the, the everything was just so great that it like went through like like two different generations it was 
was pretty cool. So, yeah, but I actually J don't know too much favorite. about him. Otherwise, like I, I didn't, and sometimes I was saying before I didn't realize I knew I had seen so many films with him because I just I, I should notice him more. Right. And of course, now I will. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go back like, and watch everything yeah. and be like, if you read his IMDb, you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what and it you was. see the picture from set, and you're like, oh, okay, because I mean, he plays. This is a big this movie, flawless. That he is a, you know, co-leading actor, and for us, you know, co- going from the beginning, this is his biggest role to date. So far, yeah, it's yeah, the most so screen time he's had. Yeah, it's phenomenal. At the beginning, I mean, we had like issues just finding clips or <laughs> yeah. for his one scene, and now, I mean, he's in the whole film. Pretty yeah, we're going to be here, playing so. plenty of clips for you, uh, Hoffman. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. nice. So, ha- had either of you two seen Flawless before? I saw Flawless. I forgot where or why or when <laughs> or when I saw it, but I saw it about over a year ago. Oh, so recently. Yeah, I didn't even know it existed. I thought it was so strange, and I'm shocked that I've never seen it because when you see the subject matter, you're like, oh, and you're reading the synopsis, and you're like, what? Why haven't we seen this before? Robert De Niro, (laughs) Philip Seymour Hoffman, Drag Queen New York, pretty random. Yeah, it's kind of like Tootsie. (laughs) (laughs) But then you realize Philip Seymour Hoffman is the drag queen, and you're like, ah, it all makes sense. It would have been way different if it was the. Yeah. So the first time I actually saw it was today. Oh, in okay, in preparation for today's podcast. Yes. And Kyle, you'd seen it, I know, because... Yeah, I mean, it's just a movie that plays on, you know, HBO stars, whatever, one of those channels frequently, and I had seen it, and it was just such a, you know, I did read into it, like, right away, because it's such a, I mean, I think just, like, a visceral and, like, brave performance by Philip well, Seymour Hoffman. It's very different to what we've seen, definitely. I hadn't seen it, but I know when we started doing the podcast this was a movie that you had mentioned to me and I was like oh I didn't know he played that role yeah he's he's amazing in this role and it's just like it's one of those things that this is directed by Joel Schumacher yeah and why do I know that name Joel Schumacher I mean he had a great like earlier career he directed St. Elmo's Fire The Lost Boys Flatliners Falling Down but then I mean some people really like this movie but Batman Forever but then he directed (laughs) Batman and Robin the infamous nipple suit and then just after that and then he had he had another like one after that a good movie A Time to Kill which has like a phenomenal cast Matthew McConaughey Chris Cooper but like I see that man I was like oh Yeah. yeah like Shoemaker yeah, and like, then I this this him. is honestly like his like last decent film in my opinion because then he goes on and does I don't know some not, not too great movies afterwards. Although he has supposedly directed a few episodes of House of Cards, so oh. he's, he's TV, but he's he's kind of older now. I think. Oh, he's like seventy seven years old. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, you okay, know, yeah, yeah. So he's kind of slowed <laughs> down a bit. Um, so it seems like you liked the film, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I had seen it before, and I, I mean, I really like the performance in this film. It's, it's not a, it's not a flawless movie. No, <laughs> true. I, yeah. I mean, I still and don't know you, how I feel about this. And film. you had not, seen, or I had not seen it. Um, yeah, we had watched clips, you know, when we were like. I'll be honest with you. I was more interested in like Philip Seymour Hoffman's role and mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. storyline than that weird like crime thing yeah so this is like a crime drama comedy it's a really you <laughs> there's know. a lot it's very there's layered. a lot going on I do yeah. agree that I feel like his performance and his relationship with the Robert De Niro character is, is probably like the best part of the movie and the rest of it could go away yeah, there's a couple of yeah, use, useless characters in this. <laughs> in yeah, this I mean, movie. some of them are fun. We were happy to see some. There were recognizable drag queens. Oh, really? Movie, like, oh, 
okay. sort of famous within a lot of famous older New York queens. Yeah, the, uh... that oh, are sort of like icons in the community. So because awesome. we were like, oh my god, like that's Joey Harris, that's Jackie B. Right. Wow. Yeah. So if you look them up, actually, they and some of them still have a career. Like Jackie B is still performing. Oh, great! That's now. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So they definitely took advantage of the local. Yeah. Very cool. New York like drag queens, which is cool. Yeah, yeah that's one takes... thing. This is a return to kind of his like New York films, and yeah, it's where it's is in. This I mean, I know New York, obviously. But, but it's like East Village, Alfred yeah, City. Yeah, Avenue A. Yeah, very oh, different Alfred, oh, like Alfred City, City, obviously. Yeah, like okay. the late '90s. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I felt like it was like super stylized and very. It almost reminded me of David Lynch a little bit, like some oh, of the lighting. That's a, big, that's a bigger compliment than this movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just the, no, the, the lighting. Visuals, yeah, it's inspired it's by. Yeah, well, again, no, I'm not saying. <laughs> that. No, he did get that way with uh, some of his films. Again, like the Batman's, like they took a big turn from Tim Burton's which were very you know like Cartoon. dark and right. you know like and then the he brought a lot of shoe, Shoemaker brought a lot of neons and stuff like that to the Batman franchise though. color wise yeah the lighting was really good and um, I don't know I really liked the the set design was really fun like, oh yeah um, I like Phillips Seymour apartment apartment yeah, was we like, amazing we, we like the apartment like, yeah I, I love the just the juxtaposition between I mean that's how like the movie starts off in just like a great way of showing them like both getting ready and stuff like that yeah but um, I was like the Guido hyper masculine <laughs> versus the drag queen yeah. hyper feminine so this film gets uh, 43% on Rotten Tomatoes so oh no 43% yeah not very favorable no reviews. but there's other ratings that are a little better yeah it, it's a very up and down thing this is not like one of those where like everyone hit it at 43 yeah. some like people to... loved it some people who hated it yeah I'd love to see like a better scale chart out there because again like I don't know how much just watching TV for any uh, trailer like of a movie and they're you know it's coming onto theaters now the big thing they're showing is like 93% on Rotten Tomatoes Rotten Tomatoes has become oh this really God. big and wow. it's just too much kind of bullshit, that yeah, I, I think like I go into a movie I, I read a lot and I will watch a lot about like a movie before I go in I know some people that don't watch Joey actually Lewandowski who does you know it's the godfather of the Cage Club Network he does not watch a single trailer anything before a movie he goes in cold turkey like he shows up to a movie at the movie theater after you know like the trailers are playing such willpower yes exactly oh yeah no I can't I can't handle that Commit. but but point being I still go in with a pretty open mind the only things that like I'll post judgment on is if it's a filmmaker that I haven't liked their previous work or something like that but this is definitely this film is it's Robert De Niro it's Philip Seymour Hoffman that's the reason you stay with this film right well oh, oh, yeah the critics said the performances for the most part were good and that's what kept them here yeah but that some of the plots were cliche and some of the points and I could see that oh, I definitely course, know yeah. where they're coming from yeah and some of the acting like secondary <laughs> The se- some of the secondary characters were vi- yeah I agree with that for I was sure. like watching I looked it up and I was like nope they weren't anything else I'm not surprised now this is <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman's first uh, major award nomination yeah oh, really for the SAG a SAG award yeah so I mean kudos to him <laughs> yeah I mean this is I remember I read that Meryl Streep saw this movie and that she was just like that was such a brave performance by like who's this young actor and then they eventually worked together in the movie Doubt Right, which mm. they both got. That's interesting. Both got nominated. Yeah, for that many movie. years later. <laughs> yeah, many years later. But <laughs> still, that's just. It's I just could see awesome. Meryl doing that. 
she, I, I'm sure she, she was probably pissed she couldn't play the drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, if it's not me, it might as well be him. <laughs> so, Kyle, uh, before we forget, summarize this film for us uh, in, yes. in your classic, your classic Kyle Synopsis. <laughs> well, Walt, played by Robert De Niro, is a retired security guard that suffers a stroke when trying to rush to gunfire in his apartment building. His gay drag queen neighbor, Rusty, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, who Walt has a very heated homophobic relationship with, decides to help Walt learn to speak again through the practice of singing. Now, I kept that synopsis very simple because that's, again, I think we can all agree, that's the movie that we like. But there's this whole weird crime. The movie starts out with this crime, which, I mean, a movie, if it was handled a little bit better, I think that could be interesting, but it's just kind of... They got, I think, lazy with their casting. I mean, the bad guy's name is Mr. <laughs> Z. Like, what? what is this? <laughs> like, I like my crime movies. I'm a big Scorsese guy, Tarantino, but this the crime element of this movie is very lazy. Yeah. Uh, like, again, like I just didn't care about the crime Yeah, so much. I was very disjointed. I was like, I don't know, I, I guess they were trying to pull something all together and make it all twist They up. needed some type of catalyst and... It couldn't Pushing have just been the two of them. Getting I guess there had to be a reason why he got shot, and I guess that was the crime situation. Yeah, I mean, well, in the beginning, he just even has the stroke. He's running up the steps, and he just oh, right, he he gets didn't very... Get shot. The camera work in this movie is a little... Wonky. Like it gets, yeah, it gets very, like, the shutter speed is very the ste- Yeah, especially the stair scene. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, they to, slow, it's, it's supposed to induce, like, I guess the panic... At first, like, you're like, is this a panic attack? But then even in the... When a cop is interrogating him in the hospital, he says heart attack, and the, and the doctor says, no, it was a stroke. That was a very bad scene, actually. Yes. I hated that scene. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just, I mean... It starts off with this person that steals this, I guess, drug money, mob money, whatever you want to call it, and there's this chase, and they get away. But then, like I said, we right away we get to meet our two lead actors, and I just really enjoyed that juxtaposition of seeing them both like getting ready for their night out. Yeah. So as you mentioned, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Robert De Niro, just like to do a run through of the cast not a sure. big cast here no those were like the only two I wrote down one other name and it was like he's in Days Confused and then later on he's in Argo and his name is Rory Cochran and he's okay. a very oh, useless that. character in this movie <laughs> he's the one that plays the guitar and yeah, that was crying over oh yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no I just thought that was like comic relief or something because yeah. <laughs> like he had the same song That's, it was yeah. terrible yeah well Wilson Germain Heredia uh-huh. from Rent Oh, okay. Because in this, he's Cha-Cha, I think? That's right. who yeah. it is. And someone else from Rent, from the play Rent, not the film, um, Daphne Rubin Vega. That's the one that he event that Robert De Niro won't dance with in the beginning. At the beginning. But then and then oh, brings her flowers. She, she does look yeah. like she was yeah. like Mimi or something. Yeah, she's Mimi. the original oh. Mimi. And then she's replaced in the movie. Rosario Dawson plays like oh. her in the movie. But the version, gu- but. <laughs> not a good So this casting director is obviously really gay or just loves... Broadway yeah. and drag queens. I believe. Well, I mean, I believe Joel, Joel Schumacher is gay. Yeah, yeah. That would make a lot of sense. He wrote it <laughs> and directed yeah. it. Um, it's funny because Rent kind of takes place in the same neighborhood. Oh. It does. So it's funny that they they got these two He's, people from this the is play. A, this Rent. is before the Avengers. This is universe building. <laughs> yeah, it's in the same <laughs> universe as Rent. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I mean, characters meet. Yeah, I mean, well, they have their little interaction of yelling at one another. Oh, yeah, so they kind of know each other in this. Oh, yeah, they've had many feuded, you know, like, I, I mean, that's why I ruined this right, synopsis. He's right. a big homophobe in this movie. Yeah, Robert and they're, like, practicing singing, which is funny because 
drag queens I don't know them to sing and then they lip sync <laughs> to their own recording it's strange so that, Philip Seymour Hoffman said it's a piano playing singing drag queen and then the f- drag queen friends lip sync Philip singing <laughs> it's just bizarre <laughs> I would love to see that show. Yeah, that I, but that was really unique. I'm like, I don't know where that came from. Ona was like, is this what drag queens were like in, ni- in the 90s in New York? And I was like, yeah, I actually, I, maybe. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we get to see, and his stage name is Busty Rusty. Mm-hmm. First of all, how do you, what are, do you, thoughts on the name? Busty Rusty. <laughs> That's not... A busted Rusty girl, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, just using... Her real name, yeah, and her uh, drag name is yeah, kind of funny. It's not a great. Not that we have the most amazing names ever, but I feel like <laughs> uh, I like it much more than we've evolved. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, yeah, so they're, we you know we see him. Walt is out, so it's Walt is De Niro and Rusty is Phil Schumer Hoffman. Walt is out dancing, and I was very confused by this. So what is this like? What what, what did you guys think? Is this well, like... that I knew what that was. Oh, I, <laughs> actually, yeah, we the, were like the taxi dance. Yeah, it's club. like Private Eyes. It's like a gentleman's club. Oh, they still have. There's still one. It might oh, Private called... Eyes. That's like right in Midtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That... Oh. So I fe- I actually think it was Private Eyes or something like Private Eyes because there's. I mean, yeah. I've been to strip clubs before. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is that's like. like uh, did you ever see Tina Turner's music video? Like private uh, dancer. Yeah. Oh. That's what it is. Hmm. It's like they're so not you really. Go I'm your private dancer. I dancer for money. It's almost like the Hustler Club, but on a smaller version. I see. And I think you're a member of the club. But now, when he has, you know, like. Oh, that's interesting. When when he ends up going, he says no to the one woman that we said was she was in Rent later on. Yeah. Um or earlier on but and then he dances or with the one uh, woman and then they go to bed together That's yeah we the... talked about that we I think it, it seemed to me like he was actually in love with he was her in love with and her. dating yeah. kind of dating her but she didn't see reciprocate it, like that. it no. in that way she's she a working like, girl it's a transaction right but the other one the Mimi yeah actually was more interested and wasn't trying to use him for yeah. his money uh, Rusty has this great line later on that says with romance, there's always finance. And so <laughs> right. I guess that goes into you know both of their worlds and their relationships. Yeah. But yeah, so at the same time that De Niro is at this, let's just call it the private eyes club, sure. uh, we've got Rusty doing his show. And I mean, what did you, what did you, th- I mean, just, what, Do you what did play you want to play the clip? Let's, of it? Yeah, let's play the let's clip. Play the clip yeah. Comfy? You too comfy? Well, welcome, everybody. Y'all look fabulous. You look fucking great. Yeah, except for this table over here. Hi, who's from Brooklyn here? Any guys from Brooklyn? Oh, hey, sweetie. You guys, you guys like guys, girls with you know big fat asses, big old tits, right? Yeah. Why don't you come up here? No, honey, you gotta stand right there. So don't, don't, don't come any closer. Guys like you beat my ass once I leave the club. You know what I'm saying? You love me when I'm here, and the minute I leave, you beat the shit out of me. Uh, uh, get your fucking hand off my shoulder. Oh my God, are you gay? A little bit. Only a little bit. And I'm a little bit of a girl, too. Just a little bit, I'm all woman, all right. I want you to bend over now. I want you to kiss my ass. 
Christmas. Think of me as a present and it's Christmas. Right. Have a seat. Look at you, Jesus Christ. All right, honey. I'm gonna invite uh, my first big member on the stage. And she's wonderful. All right, amazing grace. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, right off the bat, what I mean, his pageantry, his voice, the way he's dressed. I just think he's great. I love the way he holds the microphone. I don't know why it's so awkward to it's, me, but I think it's very funny. And, like, it's, I, I feel like that's very real. If I yeah. went to a drag show, I, yeah, him pulling the guy on stage and asking inappropriate questions. I yeah, I mean, silly. I think it's totally believable. I mean, I would say like, I, it, this looks like it was just filmed like at a bar in the right. '90s. So he's a convincing drag queen to you. I I think yeah, for the for that nine, time, for the '90s, yeah. he look he seems pretty real. Now it's all about looking like a Kardashian is very in style. Yeah, gotcha. But I think that's... at the time, I think it's pretty classic drag queen. I think they captured like the essence of like the gay sort of, and the drag scene in the 90s in New York. The, the only to hear that. thing yeah. is like when he's not performing and then when he's in his apartment teaching uh, whatever and not and not performing there's not much of a, like a personality difference. Yeah. Like it's not like a drag persona personality it's the same. I see. Okay. Which is interesting. Which is pretty me. draggy. I which is pretty draggy I guess too. Yeah. And it's he also makes or she also talks about um, making fun of like domestic violence when also she is a victim of getting beat by her boyfriend. She's like, "Oh, guys like you love me in the club and you know go home and beat me," and she actually also gets is in that situation. Yeah, and she's making fun of it, which is interesting. I don't know. But then the, I mean, the part that we stopped at where <laughs> it's he, Amazing Grace is lip syncing to a man. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing Grace is lip syncing to Philip Seymour Hoffman singing live. Singing live. Oh, did you realize on that? The piano. No, no, I did not. No, we I did. Didn't. That's because I was like, this is a Cher song, half breed, right? Right. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is playing the piano and he's singing into a microphone, and then this drag queen is lip syncing to what? Oh, Rusty uh, yeah, is singing. That. It's weird. But then at the end, then they all sing Lady Marmalade yeah, together, together, right? Yes. I guess that's why they're practicing it. Yeah, that's why, because... In the, the beginning, in the window. Yeah. That right. is a weird concept for a show. Yeah. I mean, well, that's a whole the big thing with Rusty. We'll, we'll learn in the later clip that we play. But, you know, he's very much about performing. Right. And not, you know, and not Which just... Which doesn't make... I'm not sure if that was part of the drag scene. I think that might be unique to this movie. I mean, they sold out that club in this movie, so I guess yeah. that's their shtick. There are <laughs> singing drag queens, and there always have been. Mm-hmm. And But, the, yeah, and it's a thing, so... Yeah, I mean, at least I'm happy that you don't think he was terrible, you know? <laughs> no, I think it was campy and funny and sort of amateur It's but... pretty hard to mess up being a drag queen because most <laughs> of them are over-the-top crazy misogynist anyway. Yeah. So it's like, that's pretty easy to... Yeah, and then like the performer drag queens don't always te- necessarily have to be the most like... Glam. Flawless look. Not to be a punny... Get it. No, no, no. I mean, this movie, <laughs> this movie mentions or says the title "Flawless" like seven times. Yeah. Well, the pa- the pageant, the pla- pageant's called Miss Flawless or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Rusty says it a couple times too. Yes. It's that's yeah. It's it's like, a, we get it. It's but, a know, theme. That's the '90s though. That's, yeah, I mean, I you know, I mean, with Philip Seymour Hoffman in, in this movie, with Rusty, Rusty wants to get 
a sex change operation because he says that he was born, you know, yeah, he's, he's a, transgender. Yes. Right. I do think there's two things. I think Goldie and I had different viewpoints on that situation. My but it was ta- hard to tell. It was hard to tell. <laughs> My takeaway was, well, first of all, I thought it was a little overplayed, like, oh, I'm a man trapped in a woman's... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. I think that's really overplayed and sort of like a stereotype of transgendered people. I think it's very much like a... Some people do feel that way, but it's just like an over... Not in 1999. Yeah, I was going to say, very, this is a very... No, in 99, I don't think anybody talked about it. Is it fair to call this a progressive it. film? Is that, is that fair to... I would think so. I mean, he talks about his friends dying of AIDS, and they do a lot of, you know, there's junkies doing meth. Like, it's pretty raw. Yeah. yeah. It's um, a melting pot, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought that actually the movie, although poorly done, was actually... I think that Rusty didn't really want to be a woman, that she was going to become a woman because she's she alludes to like my relationship with my married boyfriend will get better once I'm a full woman yes something like that and I doesn't but I don't actually think she is transgender Mm, I think she's actually a drag queen oh and that like she was just doing it for the boyfriend so this is all if we didn't have this crime had element analyze. in this movie, yeah, but that's, yeah, no, that's like, really... can we explore that more? Yeah, you know? exactly. No, because then I feel like at the end, it's clear that, yeah, I don't know. I feel like no, I mean, like I, regardless if she felt that way or not, she definitely wanted to get this. It was a plan. She definitely yes. wanted to get the surgery. Yeah, regardless. whatever her motivation was. Okay, and I guess that's like pretty in '99. I would imagine like really taboo for that to be in a movie. Oh yeah drag queens and because all, all the movies that i've seen take place in those time periods but were made a lot more recently right yeah this movie it i didn't do well like i mean again rotten tomatoes is a, a recent thing so i don't know exactly how it was reviewed at the time but no it, it takes the reviews from it takes the reviews from at the time yeah okay it, it, it agrees. but it only made like a third of its money it was like a 15 million dollar budget yeah, it wasn't supposed to be i know that's a lot but it wasn't supposed to be like a big film i think this joel schumacher probably saw this as like an artistic film sure this is yes. like his passion that, project after hence the lighting it, <laughs> it does seem very small it doesn't seem like it's meant for people on the big screen for yeah all of America to watch for sure oh yeah, yeah. for sure that, that's definitely the but case. I think if it came out today on Netflix as a miniseries it would be like amazing it would be like yeah. re- revered as it like needs a, to be like yeah, stretched out over so 10 episodes like or culty and kind of campy interesting I and, feel, and there's yeah, so many awesome sub characters that you could have you could a really full develop season. something yeah yeah just it, in the neighborhood the even the yeah. building so i mean the two of them they live in this it's a hotel slash apartment building right. that's like what it's yeah. on the outside which is also kind of was common i guess in new york in the 90s like even the chelsea hotel you could like rent by yeah. the week or you could rent by or, the month or, or by you, the hour or by the oh. hour right and there was a few of those that was sort of part of like the new york scene you I definitely see that age. more in movies <laughs> You know, then, like, I mean, I haven't seen that. Yeah, De Niro did that in, like, Taxi Driver. Oh, true. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting take. I would love to actually see that as a movie. Yeah, well, you know, we were just saying, like, he saw, like, Sorted Lives in my queue. Have you ever seen that movie, Sorted Sorted Lives? Lives. Sorted Sorted Lives. No. Yes, it's with Rue McClanahan and Olivia Newton. John. I love Olivia Newton, John. (laughs) Um, Caroline Ray. 
Oh no, Delta Burke is in the movie. Delta Burke. Mm, and what's favorites. her name? I can't it's remember her name who plays the aunt. But there's like a bunch of people. And then they turned it into a mini series that didn't last on Logo, unfortunately. But um, it was funny because then they, it's a really random movie about white trash people mm. <laughs> um, who like and and whatever. But it, it's a very funny kind of weird bad movie that is sort of has a cult following in the gay community Interesting. so they tried to turn it into a series and actually the series was working really well it just didn't get picked up again gotcha i love olivia newton john's magic that's like a oh <laughs> yeah like you a... should watch it she yeah. plays a country singing lesbian who's recently oh. gotten out of jail oh my god well then so my life if that <laughs> if that doesn't <laughs> entice you nothing would. yeah and it's on netflix um, on, I don't know where it is. We'll find it. We have you can, tracked down. You can yeah, find the movie. It's hard to harder. find the series. Okay. But go for it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, after, after this scene we've been discussing of seeing Rusty perform, this is when, I guess, the, the catalyst of the movie, right? We'll call it the, the mob shows up. I don't know what you want to call these guys. Gangsters, thugs. The bad guys. The bad guys. <laughs> yeah. They show up to get this money because the concierge the manager of this place oh yeah that was weird too yeah that was another weird side plot like yeah he was intimidating him and he he was not a good actor yeah and it was kind of a weird like are they having Leonard was his name are they having sex I don't know what's going on nothing was adding up yeah no I still haven't made it was a weird like nerdy Jewish concierge Yeah, his scene later on with this whole mother thing was very yeah, yeah this yeah. Was, yeah and the teeth the dentures <laughs> so that was like why, yeah that's when I was like why does this have to be in here yeah but this is when they the, there's gunfire some people are killed and Walt goes upstairs and he has his stroke and I mean Walt is in the hospital but he's being stubborn and goes back home and he's even he's contemplating he has a gun to his mouth he's contemplating suicide yeah, yeah depressed yeah he no. tries to break open his pill bottle oh, with the old, old spice, spice. Yeah. so sad oh, yes. <laughs> no it's really it's, that, that, and that shows you how great of an actor Robert De Niro is so, so because then, he did well, a lot yeah. with a little I was gonna say what did everyone think about Robert De Niro's performance I thought he was amazing yeah he had the most I mean, it was a challenge. It was actually a pretty hard role. I mean, he did do that, like, mouth know, just that, that mouth, like, yeah, the stroke lock, face. Jaw, stroke. I just thought he was yeah. really genuine. And I actually was like, oh, I, he was pretty convincing being this person. And the character so Who was sort of homophobic layered. and then sort of came around to it. And the progression uh, of his character's, like, journey. Yeah, it was super so believable. Like, I thought he was great. He was really looking the... I've There was very little trivia. I tend to, like, say you know some trivia on the episodes and one of the things was that Joel Schumacher had a friend that uh, learned to sing, uh, speak again through singing so they had a very personal experience with that and wanted to make that end of the, this movie and then uh, Robert De Niro only had one question when he read the script is when do we start and then Phyllis and Hoffman a big thing he said was that he considered De Niro and he's acted with some pretty you know big names from Burt Reynolds Paul Newman and he said that De Niro was the most imposing actor that he had worked with I mean, apparently they like a lot of that like the singing stuff was improvised yeah you could, oh yeah they you had could, that outtake well, at even the like, end when you watch the so credits funny. Yeah, funny yeah, yeah, yeah yeah they play the, they play the name game in, yeah in character I know and, and it was yeah. like it all and they go could do to like words. not laugh <laughs> yeah but I, he, 
I remember being a little kid and like rhyming to Chuck and ending. With, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, know it's coming. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah it, it, it's actually cool. I, really I like thought it. of it. And he's like, let's do pussy now. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and they looked like they were having like a great time. They yeah. had like really good chemistry. I don't believe they ever, they never worked worked again. No, so I don't is, think so. That's why I, I love this film for that reason alone. They're just, I mean, well, again, the their end. relationship is the heart of this entire film, and I know that's obvious, but it just there's so much crap around it. But wasn't Robin De Niro a bigger actor at the time? Oh then? yeah, oh much yeah. Bigger, yeah, yeah. He came. So this is again 1999. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is definitely this is when he starts playing a little bit more like his stereotype, you know, Italian American himself, but this role itself is challenging because he I mean becomes disabled for a majority of it, you know. What would you say? Only like a few first... He doesn't even end like perfect. No. No, he gets shot and he taken gets... away. And you're like, "Okay, did he die?" <laughs> like But so he's basically just himself, like when I say himself, like a healthy guy essentially what for 20 minutes of the film 15 minutes of the film yeah 15 minutes of the film at most the rest of the time he's yeah I also read that did did you see that that it took him like days to get out of that yeah he would like get like locked jaw and like oh yeah I was saying like how many hours was he in that position because I can't be healthy (laughs) yeah I know some actors like uh, to go to a film that Philip Seymour Hoffman is later on, and I'm sure I'll say this again when we do the episode, but in The Master, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but yes. Joaquin Phoenix talks very, you know, just like has a voice, and he actually had braces put in to Jeez. keep the right, really? yeah, to keep like the right side of his mouth, or you know, one or the Did other. Did you see side. that movie? I have not. Oh, that's, that's a very too extreme. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but point being, so that like I know he. Had, it's physically like. Yeah, but that's I mean, De Niro is. Known committed. to be a very method actor, he in between Godfather movies is when he found out he was gonna be, or in between Godfather Two, which he was in, and whatever movie he was in after that, he found out he was gonna be in Taxi Driver, and he would fly back from Italy, and he be, became a tag uh, taxi driver up in like the Bronx and like you know Harlem, Harlem and everything like that. Yeah, in the seventies, he picked <laughs> up like he he carried a gun he with him just lived in case. that movie. Yeah, for real. <laughs> So he's a very immersive, actor. and you see, and so you just see it in this performance, which is yeah, and that's something we're just gonna you know just continue to focus on their relationship because I mean, the crime elements again are just not interesting to me. I don't think they're interesting. It's to anybody. just Robert Nero's character is so layered because he's struggling with all these things about masculinity. He was this war hero who's now shot, so he's useless. He doesn't want to be seen knocked down. All right, and then he also has like. Ish, of relationship issues, clearly. Yeah, then he's, like, lying to uh, Philip about, oh, I don't pay for sex, when clearly he goes to <laughs> private eyes and <laughs> yeah. pays, pays for, for sex. Pays for sex. Yeah. But he's in love with the person he pays. And, yeah. It's yeah. funny, because they, they both, they think they're so different, and uh, it's kind of, like, an obvious trope, but they both have, like, body issues. They both have uh, these, like, dysfunctional relationships. Yeah, I don't want to oversimplify it, but the, one of the things I wrote down early on that I wrote there are two lonely people with a lot of baggage. Yeah, and, and people's own, and perception not, of them are a little bit yeah. skewed. Oh, of absolutely. course, yeah. And the big thing that they always say to one another is like, don't feel sorry you know, for yourself. But mm-hmm. they, I mean, they end up realizing they kind of need one another. I mean, mm-hmm. heck, at, heck, at the end, they refer to, they accept one another as like brother and sister. <laughs> so, spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I, I like the line where Robert's like, you can take a dick, but you can't take a joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, an insult, right. Or an insult. Yeah, yeah. he's like, you know, now who's Mr. Sensitive? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some crazy lines in this. Whoever, the, you know, Joel Schumacher wrote and There are some this. really good lines. Um, but I feel like I heard a lot of those, like, drag queen-y responses, like, yeah. oh, life's a bitch, so I became one. Yeah. Well, that we heard, but not... Um, oh, can't lives on Won't Street. Yeah, I have that right here. So can't lives on Won't Street. Can't lives on Won't Street. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Some of those lines, I'm like, yes, that's so good. And I was like, that's original. Like we've never, I've never heard that before. Yeah, even with the one with Cha Cha when they come in, when his drag friends come in, he's like, "You who, Miss Taco Bell?" Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> There's a great line in this movie that was actually it was towards the end of the film that was reused from this movie Car Wash that this one drag character says, I'm uh, more man than you'll ever be and more woman than you'll ever get. And that's a line from this movie called yeah. Car Wash, but Rusty ends up saying it, you know, later on in the film. I yeah, think. when they're fighting. Yeah. It's also in Rent, too. Yeah. Oh, it's well, become it's like out. this dynasty line, I guess. <laughs> and he also has a line that Dolly Parton supposedly says. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. he has a Dolly Parton quote. Yeah, I forget. I wrote, I wrote Is it the somewhere. infamous, like, it takes a lot of money to look this cheap or yes, yes it is yes, yeah. that's it yeah it, t- that, yeah, that's it takes a lot of money my roommate hates when drag queens say that line <laughs> <laughs> she's like nobody gives dolly parton the credit for saying it and it's the most overused like that's true from steel magnolias yeah oh is oh and it's from it's not just a dolly parton line from her it's from no, the movie it's... steel magnolias mm-hmm. I love oh, that okay that's a great movie yeah that's no right. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, after this, this is where the relationship really starts. I mean, it's again, it's a rough relationship. He's very homophobic, and Rusty's not interested. But the doctor, right? This doctor comes and visits, and then the Indian doctor. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, and I was like, is this normal? And I was like, no, I, I actually, I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, maybe a social worker would come by, but like your doctor? No, yeah, the that, doctor like is quote-unquote very worried for him because he hasn't been showing up for physical she therapy. She was a terrible actress. <laughs> terrible. Maybe she was an actual doctor. I don't know. No, well, so I looked at her up because oh, I was did. looking on the cast <laughs> yeah. and I was like, who's this person? It turns out that she is credited for actually writing the first Indian cookbook what in, in the United States yeah, so and, a doctor. and she actually she's in like some exactly. cooking hall of fame okay now you have to you should like look her up she's yeah, we'll like look her up, she like. is the she is the mother of Indian food in America well, apparently her, she awesome. brought Indian wow. food to America in terms of cooking wow. and she's written like 52 cookbooks and blah 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 and I was like well that's a random achievement we'll for a really to... bad actress yeah I was gonna say why is she in this film we'll have to curry up and contact her Curry in a hurry. I know. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Give me samosa. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, no. Back to this doctor thing. That, that is such bullshit. Like, no doctor in a New York hospital is just no. going to make house calls. Hey, I'm worried or about you. Or let him leave the hospital without an escort when he clearly just had a stroke. She's like, oh, you don't want an escort home? Like, they wouldn't just. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> some, some time has passed because it's, like, summertime, and then in, it's wintertime when he's when he and Rusty start. Yeah, I thought it was tries, a little too cause abrupt. Because he, tr- he tries to, first he has a physical therapist there. Right, the and I'm even gonna forget. Just like that character keeps asking. Oh, Lashawn, 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 yeah. yeah. But then, uh, and then he tries. He because 
De Niro tries to leave, but he slips, and then he goes back inside, and that's when... Oh, to he, go to the, the to, voice teacher. Yes. Mer... Oh, uh, that's... Yeah. She was a voice teacher. Well, yeah, which it was not clear why he had that card. Yeah. And then, like, where he was going, and then it suddenly dawned on me that he was supposed to go out, and that's why he asked Yeah, and even the cab driver was like, don't help. you want this? And But then he, I guess, gets up the courage, or brings himself Besides, to instead of going out, he's gonna go in. Yeah. And so he goes and knocks on Rusty's door, and Rusty kind of just shoes him away, but then decides to go after him and ne- says that he needs the money. And we don't know at this point what he yeah, needs Yeah, he says for. he needs the money, and then, like, there's... It's kind of soon where he's like, oh, I know your doctor. He, I mean, she helped my friends out, so... Oh, who died of AIDS, yeah. right? And was asking for, like... It was all too, like, where... The, what, this doctor is just helping <laughs> drag queens, people with AIDS going to your, like... Patients lower east side. Noble, maybe like. the maybe the hospital was across the street. That <laughs> would make a lot more cooking. sense. <laughs> cooking Indian food chutney. Yeah. yeah, she brings some nice meals. Yeah, <laughs> it's a practice in like the upstairs of an Indian restaurant. Like who knows? I mean, I don't know, but I I it was just too coincidental. Like with the doctor, it was and just... then she comes back for the party. Yes, as yeah. one would. As one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to see how he's doing. And well, also that. that Rory guy. Is that his name Rory? Well, who's the guy who's the the, the guitar player? Oh, yeah. Um, Rory? No, no, it's it's Pogo. Oh. <laughs> his, no, his real name is Rory. Oh, That's okay. I knew that the, the pedophile Catholic schoolgirl yeah, dater. Whole... Like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. His character never goes... Like, Middle the big, school, high school. I, whatever. I guess I like the <laughs> most important thing we get yes. from him at one point, because it's kind of like a who has the money like mystery during this movie and so it keeps so the again the manager of this hotel apartments is telling Mr. Z and <laughs> I hate saying Mr. So Z much. and uh, and so like th- that that's I guess Pogo has this only like one important scene of they think that he stole the money because he has a new motorcycle but it ends up that he's you know I know a lot of guys, a lot of people got pinned on the money and it turns out it wasn't them yeah, it's kind of yeah. It's a who's done it, and it's a little bit. I mean, I think I kind I kind of guessed it towards the end, but uh, but I I think a big important thing is seeing this first lesson. And I love uh, Rusty. And I'm just dawning now. He plays Rusty in one of my favorite film in the film we've covered. He plays Dusty, so I kind of <laughs> like that oh. in Twister, <laughs> and uh, oh, which is a great small funny role. Helen Hunt. Yes. <laughs> Where is she now? <laughs> Who knows. Uh, about your reunion. What's that? The, about you? The reunion with Will and Grace, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gene Hank Azaria got divorced. That'd be a tough one. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> but, uh, but I love Rusty welcomes in and says, welcome to fairyland. And then uh, I just, I, I mean, we should play, we'll play the clip, but he just like quickly sk- sings the scale for him. And I, I mean, it is, this is a moment where if you haven't been sold on Philip Snor Hoffman's performance yet, I think this is a big, one that, uh, yeah, I mean the way he kept in character that like the entire time I was, and I loved like um, he had just sort of a very unique sort of um, deme- his carriage and demeanor was so funny, like the way he held himself. Yeah, I also thought it was like he made like it was a very physical role for him because he's sort of like an awkward kind of. Well, actually, yeah, we were listening to an interview with him. Yeah, we've referenced this one yeah, before. We love the... this because there's very few interviews with him. The NPR Fresh Take. Yeah. And he actually like 
mentions the physical. Yeah, that he's 5'10", 200 pounds at this point. You know, and then he's, he, sa- he says in the interview that he's, you know, built like a wrestler. And so when he would look at himself, you know, the, uh, the person interviewing him said, like, did you look at your, what did you think of yourself when you looked at yourself in the mirror? He's like, I just felt that I w- maybe wasn't going to do it right because I didn't feel... Yeah, he said throughout the film that he just felt like he looked unpretty, but then he could, like, relate to that. He, that's what he said as his character. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of, not, especially at that time period, I feel like a lot, there's a lot of drag queens that are, that have, like, body issues and sort of issues with their appearance. Yeah. Yeah. As, the, as like, their real self, and so it's part of, like, the persona. He said he watched three like video interviews uh, with two drag queens and one transgender and then transgendered was like the least flamboyant of the three but that's just what he got you know like saw like them having a difficult time even though like post-surgery with the voice and again he's got and he references that you know says I've got a very low voice so he just tried you know he was like I think it would be maybe time. more interesting if he had his low voice when he was not doing his performance oh, okay. on the stage because I was like he's still doing this weird what I think a drag queen should sound like sometimes well does that make it a little bit more believable that his character does think that he's I guess that's yeah I don't know but he's kind of, he kind of drops it when they're drunk yeah. Yeah. Together. When he's well, he, yeah, he's in the suit because his yeah. mother dies. And oh yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like it's it's not something I'm too familiar with personally. So I I was just curious again. Just I think when you do drag, like in your normal everyday drag, I guess you have your set of insecurities. But then when you do drag and you become a woman you have a whole new set of insecurities. I I personally feel like, oh my god, am I pretty enough? Is my hair good enough? Is my makeup pretty enough? Am I melting? Am I melting? That happens in the am heat. Am I melting? What are we... Your makeup. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> like in the summer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you you have a whole new set of insecurities as a woman. On top of your On basic... top of just your mm-hmm. own. Yeah, so it's But I do new... feel like, especially now with like RuPaul's Drag Race and things like that, that there's definitely like a, a a big separation between like the actual person versus their drag persona. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Maybe there wasn't as much well, then, in the '90s. I don't know. Well, also like the character is transgendered, so it makes more sense for those two to be similar things to be this gradient grace area. Of it's interesting because actually. On RuPaul's Drag Race now, one of the leads is actually a transgender, mm-hmm. mm. male to female, and that's the first. Yeah, well, oh, that's wow. also the case in, I mean, it's a hit show, and we were talking about, it, you know, TV shows and Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. the one character, I, I can't remember her name, but she's the hairdresser on the show in the prison. Laverne, right. Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox, or yeah. even, like, Transparent. I mean, if this oh, yeah, if this yeah. came out as a TV show now, it would, like, Sword, be, uh, be amazing. Rain. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, it's definitely more mainstream now than when this film came out oh yeah yeah I mean there's just so many more like facets and like just I mean for but I think the average person while they don't have like a full understanding has a lot more of an understanding back then like I remember older people talking when I was younger and it's just like oh like every gay man wants to dress like a woman and they're all drag queens yeah I mean just just so many more things are in the public eye just from I mean it was a big discussion in recent years of the you know 
mixed gendered bathrooms and just who can go into what you know whose bathroom and it's just I mean it's much more in the public. I am Kate. Oh yeah, Caitlyn Jenner. It's yeah. a crazy. Oh yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff's of happening now. <laughs> yeah, like, but imagine like somebody your father's age in 1998 just stumbling into this and, and watching like, this movie and watching this movie. You know, oh, the three dollar like matinee. My father's, my father's generation. You know, I'm not yeah. like singling out your dad. You know, like, no, I understand this. <laughs> my like, dad would have walked out. My dad would have not. My father would not have watched. Will not. Would have not watched this. Yeah. My dad just can't watch it. He like falls asleep. <laughs> okay, well, that's <laughs> no, but different. You, fall but you know during... what I'm saying, yeah, though? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like we're no. oh, of course, we're yeah. so much. We're in like a different era now of that. Yeah. So I think, in a sense, while the film might not be perfect, flawless. Yes, it, it might not be flawless. <laughs> it's it still has to be considered somewhat groundbreaking just for coming out in that era. Well, that's why I was surprised that I hadn't heard of it or seen it because I feel like it is sort of. And it should be like, because, you know, I feel like there's a whole list of movies that I could go through that I could say like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert and Tu Wong Fu. There's all these movies that I feel like, like, you know, every gay man should have in their repertoire. I think it gives a good glimpse of New York in the 90s a totally different experience than what I had moving to New York in 2009. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a steel door to in his, his bedroom. bedroom. So just, no yeah. case. That's just, yeah. And I was like, that's comes probably real. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I had one of those, like, fireman locks or whatever that you, like, put a pole up mm-hmm. and then there's, like, a little hook in the floor. Yeah, he has it just, just in to, case. Like, just to his bedroom. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It's like a, almost like a panic room of sorts. Yeah, that's what I called it, panic yeah. room. And I, I guess the neighborhood, back to that, it's something he could definitely relate to going to, he, as he went to NYU, and um, when did he graduate? I'm not even sure, but he definitely saw... In the late 80s. Yeah, I mean, he definitely saw this The rougher side of New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was even rougher then. Um, no, but it, it, again, this is great... Pre-Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> it's this great New York film. I think in terms of showing, not that it's a great film, but showing that side of New York. Yeah, there's like really, it's like there's really good moments. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, like I said, it's late it, 90s or 90s. Yeah, like I said earlier, it's a very, like, it's melting pot. Like, it's just very, yeah. like, they even just, they have these little old ladies, like, oh. in it. Like, doing <laughs> that was old, another one. Um, one of the ladies is, was like the queen of Yiddish theater in New York City. Really? Really? Boy. Oh, I love these Better little... research than us. I know. I was like, I think I came so prepared. I just looked it up an hour ago. But I know I was like, who's this random little, you know, Jewish woman with an accent? Yeah, because it turns out she's her. like a Polish Jewish woman who like, um, yeah, she was like. A big stage. A or... huge Yiddish theater, oh. which is also like pretty cool because that doesn't exist anymore either. But it was a huge part of the. Yeah, it New almost York seems theater like, scene. Yeah, it almost seems like they got like the, well, I mean she plays a doctor, but they got like a big, t- you know, like uh, name in the Indian world for this <laughs> Indian role, and then they got, I mean, all the Jewish they, vaudeville star. Maybe yeah. he knew who she was. Maybe, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me to his first about. Oh, sorry, kind of reminds me of his first film, Triple Bogey. In terms of like these were like East Village filmmakers making a film. Sure. And while Joel, Joel Schumacher is a big Hollywood director at the time. He's almost kind of going into like the roots of East Village cinema, mm-hmm. which is something that yeah, it know, almost like it looks like it's a student film. Yeah, it could, it could be. 
it, 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 it ranges between the two, right? It ranges between. It it just seems like they kind of went with like the first draft of the screenplay. I think <laughs> yeah, like that's film, true. You know? No editing. That. Yeah, just like. And you know what? You're probably right, is. Kyle. Because think about it. Joel Schumacher's producing. He's directing. And he wrote it. And he's writing it. No so one's gonna tell him like what to do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "This sucks." Oh well. <laughs> so another scene that I really liked Rusty in. Is... Yeah, let's definitely play this clip. This is this is his like first because Walt goes away and Rusty has to chase after him. And even I love this one line that he has. Uh, you you see thorns on my head, you know, like only rhinestones. But you know he convinces him to come back and pretty much. I mean, well, let's we'll play the clip. Yeah, let's play. How long you been doing this? Singing? Oh, no, the sad, clean type of thing. Uh, well, I've been in musicals at school ever since I was a little kid. You know, I was uh, Prince Jalongkorn in The King and I. <laughs> but I was miscast. Um, then I was the lion in The Wizard of Oz, but I was definitely miscast. But I was the only one that... Um, you know, bad enough to fit into the costume, whatever. And then in the Snow Queen, where I was again totally miscast as the king, we were all on stage, and they had made these dry ice kettles so they could smoke could come out of them, you know? And uh, one night, all of a sudden, one dry ice kettle exploded, and uh, dry ice flew everywhere, right? Well, uh, pretty little Miss No Talent, who was playing the Snow Queen, um, you know, dashed off the stage screaming and pulling her hair out. Well, the play must go on, I believe. And she had dropped a crown. Well, honey, I just picked up that crown, <laughs> put it on my head, and I was the greatest goddamn snow queen in the history of PS11 Paramus, New Jersey. And uh, I have been wearing dresses ever since. Um, but I don't like the term drag queen, you know, because most drag queens just want to, you know, parade around looking flawless, you know, and if they sing, you know, they you know, lip sync to records. And um, I'm a singer, um, and I'm a female impressionist. I'm an artist, you know? you <laughs> Uh, fucking drag queen. Oh, yeah. Let me, um, savor those lovely words for a moment. All right, what are you, channeling Jesse Helms? So good. It's very good. I really like the mannerisms, and he's really committed. He does this thing where, he, like, he's always putting, when, like, something, like, disturbs him, he's, like... Yeah, on his putting, brow. On his, like, yeah, I, his I just love it. Brow, yeah. And he sort of does this weird, like, shaky hand thing where, like, oh. It's so natural. It's, I, yeah. Like, I think it's so believable. Like, I would not. I feel like, like I'm, you could meet a person like yeah, that and be like, yeah, that's real. Sure. <laughs> that's, like, a person I would know. Yeah, I, I mean, I I love this scene for many reasons. I mean, just De, De Niro's face <laughs> while listening, you like... know. And then, I mean, Phil Hoffman's performance and just, I mean, the way he delivers it's just this really good great call and answer between them and the way he delivers uh, i mean it's line the lines of like, the crown and just i love how terribly miscast like that's just i mean to me i i think just says 
this is the first time we start like learning a little bit more, you know, like just getting below the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, and also I just love how he like breathes. He takes like these huge gulping breaths to get out the next like cadence of his line, <laughs> of the line. But I just I do notice that like he has like these sausage fingers, and they're all like <laughs> covered made, in rings, and covered in rings and nail polish. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, but it's great. Well, it's something like with his body, right? He knows how to use his body to his advantage when playing a character. Um, you mentioned like Scotty J earlier in uh, Boogie Nights, and he's wearing like the the really tight shirts, and he's just trying to look cool, but he's just not awkward. Yeah, awkward, yeah he exactly. plays so many awkward. Great. And, and, and yeah, and this he's just he's just using his body to an advantage, where some people might see it as a disadvantage. And just in terms of the way he looks, but it's just like he's like the fingers and the hands. And yeah, it's and, so good. And at the same time, I think he's trying to like hold back a little bit, like the the character, for like Walt's sake. You yeah, know I mean, because again, like like I said, to not completely his, flame. I'm out. sure yeah. he's being demure, right? And like this is his toned down version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we get. The use of the title of this film of the flawless. There you go. Yes, of course. But yeah, so again, and you mentioned there's also like a Miss Flawless pageant. With yeah. Him, with his friends and spoiler alert, Cha Cha wins for the third for the time third in time a row. in a row. <laughs> Which Cha Cha calls him Mr. My Left Foot, right? Yeah. Walt, after Mr. The, My Left Foot, the Daniel Day Lewis film. Yeah. My Left Foot. Because <laughs> he's like, you gotta watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells him to watch a Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh yeah, like... so funny. That was <laughs> really funny. <laughs> uh, I like Cha Cha. I think like probably this was, at, I mean, not as challenging in a different way for for Philip to hold the character physically the the way that Robert probably had to hold his character physically. Because I mean, I feel like if you watch his other movies, this is not natural to him. To... No, of course they're playing almost the very tough characters to play but on the opposite spectrums yeah. of la- mm-hmm. I don't want to just say loud and quiet but you know what I mean it's just yeah. very he has to be because of having the stroke and then Philip Seymour Hoffman is just playing a very colorful like yeah. cheerful vibrant character and I mean going back to that line of him saying and we even I, we use in the opening of our film like I'm an artist I mean do, how do you two feel about like him? I mean, saying that, and do you, have you have you met people that really like try to you know bring it to a different the pageantry and just like the craft, the love? I, yeah, I mean, I I've met and worked with a drag queen who is transgender mm-hmm. and plays the guitar and is a reverend oh. and <laughs> sings and plays the guitar as a in drag, but also identifies as a transgender woman, and I think that, yeah, it's not always cut and dry for everybody. I don't think what drag queen meant in the 80s and 90s is what drag queen means now, at least with, like, within the gay community. Like, I feel like RuPaul's Drag Race is a, has mainstreamed it in so many ways, but I feel like it's more than just what you wear. It's like the performance and the character and the mm. the audience capturing. I feel like there's a lot more to it. Whereas, like, I think in the earlier days, I feel like it was more pageantry and about looking mm-hmm. and exuding a certain persona, but you didn't necessarily have to possess all the other qualities to be a good drag queen. But now I feel like the expectation is 
pretty high for drag queens. Oh, yeah. Especially like, in New York. Like, you can't just cut it by the way you look. And you can't be, like, a club kid who just shows up looking, like, really cool and amazing and be become a personality. Like, um, who's in it? Uh, Joey Arias. Yeah. Is in this movie, and he's, like, a huge, like, figure an icon but more like in the club scene the drag queen that gets its uh her wig snatched off of her oh that's oh, 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 oh that's i was Joey. i was gonna guess it's the one that's like in charge of the pet that's jackie beat that's okay. jackie beat and she's oh, cool. still she's great now jackie beat is successful because she has a look but she also has the personality and she's known as like the bitchy mean like she roasts everybody and oh, really? she's actually on tour now in the united states i think she's in like on the west coast right now well we've seen a few we there was a period we went to like a decent amount of burlesques right and do you remember off the top of your head what i, I know there was the one in like the east village slipper room yeah in the, yeah, we yeah went to slipper, slipper room, room. And there was one host that I thought was phenomenal, and I can't remember her name. It was a drag queen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot. That was years ago. Yeah, and she says, drop the bitch and make the switch. That was the line that I That's a good line. Um, Yeah, I don't know, but have you ever seen Paris is Burning? It's a documentary. No. It's a 90s documentary. About, like, the New York in the 80s. Is that the ballroom? It's the Harlem balls. Yeah, circuit. I have I have seen that. I saw that one in college. Yeah, it's very yeah. common to show it in college and yeah. like queer studies or gender studies or lots or documentary filmmaking. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it sort of like broke a lot of barriers, but it it shows the type of drag, especially in like the black community and everything. Oh, okay. Or the poor community, I guess, at the time, and it's all about like pageants and voguing and how voguing came to be. And yeah, voguing. Kind of yeah. yeah. Okay. But it more was like a pageant and a show than it was like, like I think that actually Rusty's probably more contemporary, being more of a and yeah, stage performer. I think people think it's like this thing this that's always stays, but it's like a journey of expression and artistry and with gender. It's a journey. It changes over time. So maybe she was a drag queen for a long time and was like, oh, I really feel this way. Or maybe she's going through this abusive relationship and thinks she needs to appease her lover. But it's this thing that keeps changing and evolving versus like a cut and dry. Yeah, it's pretty fluid. Yeah. And I feel like the drag queens that like we know of and like are popular now have gone, have evolved also. Okay. Like since their beginning and now they're like more of like a mainstay. Kind of like a household name for us. You've probably never heard of them. <laughs> Do, most of the drag queens that you know, because we kind of see, like, they keep, like, Rusty and his, let's just call it Rusty's crew. Like, Rust, Rusty. Entourage. Entourage. Like, they keep their, they you know, when they go and they get pizza to see Carmine. Cause right. Because it's the garments and stuff like that. They keep, I mean, their, uh, you know, personas and they're just their, you know, they never change their personalities, but their, you know, their dress. Like, would you say, like, a lot of the, uh, drag queens you know do they go dress up for at night or do they I mean do you go out during well we the were day? talking about this like in even in the movie Tu Wong Fu mm-hmm. with uh, Wesley Snipes with Wesley Snipes oh Patrick, yeah, Swayze. Rat Patrick Swayze and John Leguizamo they, yeah, they're quote they're drag queens but, but they're, they're ne- always drag queens but they're queens. never out of drag so are they actually drag queens right because the whole thing is that drag is sort of like a persona and expression that they that they take on when they're like on stage or going out 
But I think part of it is that they create an illusion and it's the switch from the boy to the drag queen right. or the man to the drag queen. Well, like queen. for you, you know, you're married, you have a kid, you work in a school and then you do drag. It's a very separate performance based yeah. life. And that's why most people are like, wow, I didn't even realize that was you until I'm like, oh. And then other people <laughs> shave their eyebrows, have no body hair, more. Or, or get implants. Like gender outlaw. Mm-hmm. weirdo yeah i think there's a range but i think for like in my head like a drag queen is someone who it's it's about the illusion that they like they the before and after like they go from like philip seymour hoffman to rusty <laughs> or something like yeah okay. it's a duality yeah that's cool it's the okay. illusion that's right it's the, it's it's the illusion and i think a lot of it is like you'll like youtube like drag makeup tutorials and it's like the reveal like to see them go from like yeah, the, the boy with the beard to like the a woman on. and of course they speed it up and they put it to music so it looks like it's easy <laughs> uh, i guess i was actually curious about that how long does it take you two to i guess beautify and get us five minutes just some chapstick and mascara <laughs> that's right we're going to go vaseline on your knuckles um <laughs> when we first started it took us days yeah because we would like days well we would but fuck it up a lot because we're not trained we're not classically trained in the art of drag we're orphan sisters helping each other out that's right and And youtube (laughs) is hard to translate onto your face it would take us about maybe four to six hours in the very beginning Oh yeah, because we would like mess up so much. But now I think in two less than two hours we're beat. Yeah, probably an hour and a half to two hours, and it's not flawless by any means. (laughs) I'll just use that word now forever. We look good in a dimly lit bar with drunk adults. Right. Yeah. (laughs) No, I know I wouldn't. I would feel much more intimidated working like doing drag in a place that's known to have drag queens. For Goldie and I, we do drag for charity, so we do a lot of, I guess, family events or like people who are, don't necessarily attend drag related. We're not, events. We're not in a gay bar doing drag shows for gay men. Yeah, and right. They can be very harsh. And you're, you're the gateway to the. We are for the gateway of. drug. <laughs> that's right. That's us, and we're safe. We're organic. We come from PG, the earth. PG, PG thirteen. That's, right. that's good. That's great. I mean, that's. Yeah, and I feel like that's. For me, it's like I'm as comfortable doing that because it becomes, it can be very competitive and it can sure. get very, it can, can be consuming. Like the drag queens that are really, really pop, like really successful, it's their full time job. I mean, to shave your eyebrows off, you got to be serious. Serious. <laughs> yeah. I only, my performance, I shaved my armpits. That was it. I wore. Even hair. that is. Yeah. I mean, weird. sometimes I'll. shaved my armpits before. No, sometimes I'll pick an outfit just so I don't have to shave anything. Girl. Yeah. It's hard being a woman. It is. And the, you know, and the yeah, Harry Mary over there. She's Harry. <laughs> I look like I have a pet rabbit in my bathroom before I do a show. That's right. <laughs> Chinchilla. That's oh, my God. Labrador. That's hilarious. Labrador. Chocolate lab. There is one other scene. And yeah, definitely. A, look, well, there's this, so many. There's so many great This scenes, is our right? first, again, I said it before, this is our first film where we get like, a lot of scenes. Yeah. I can't believe that this is your first podcast where he's like the a lead character yeah it's crazy it's really and how many movie. movies this is have you tw- reviewed before this well that we're doing this out this is going to be the tw- 22nd 23rd episode so, so it's, 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 it's gonna be it's gonna be a little over 20 because we had the 
random episodes. It took him a while, and it's not like he goes from this and just starts. He's an, star a- he an actor that paid his dues, and but this was this also again like uh, Twister and Boogie Nights was one that a lot the public and then and the film community, fellow actors, filmmakers really recognize him from. But this is also again like definitely because he's just featured so much yeah yeah so, and give I mean, such a it's not just, usually we're like skimming through it's the not film. a bland performance by like, any means. yeah to figure out or like oh this is his third scene yeah so but like oh this is his last scene but no i mean like there's so many movie. From. yeah i mean after we we just covered uh montana that was the one in the beginning of his the second act where he just plays you know tries to do something with the role but he plays a bland mob accountant and then he's got three scenes in uh last next stop wonderland yeah, I mean, again, we're this is like his real. He's pretty brave to be. He became such a huge actor for having for having so many queer roles. Yeah. At the beginning of his career, like it's pretty brave to be a new actor on the scene playing a drag queen who's oh I want to be a woman, and then goes to Boogie Nights. Was yeah. Boogie Nights after this movie? No, Boogie no, Nights was before. was before Boogie Nights. Was Actually, Kyle, I have to correct. He was. He's the star of Happiness. Oh yes, but that's a much more ensemble movie too. Yeah, but that's so much more of an ensemble. Like, yeah. so I don't know. Like, he, he's technically one of the leads. It's surprising that Boogie Nights is before this. Just yes, cause, yeah. Just because the film quality is so poor, and Boogie Nights feels so <laughs> well. Good. That, that just goes to say, P.T. Anderson versus Joel Schumacher. Exactly. Right. Well, he has a supporting role in a huge and a bigger movie, and then yeah. he has a bigger part in a smaller movie. Boogie Nights yeah. is so slick. Oh yeah. And this so, is it's like, just, yeah, it's one of the best. The but ha- Happiness is an ensemble, just like Boogie Nights. I don't yes. think I've but seen he's Happiness. More of Definitely, he's more of like a part of that ensemble. Happiness is a great film. <laughs> this Definitely. is this is a very different role. Yeah, and it's like right before this. This is more. He's like one of the two stars. We're not bouncing around. Yes, I guess the Nero like trumps him slightly in this, but sure. It, yeah, it, it's, I mean, just because he's Robert De Niro, yeah. but he has he's the largest speaking role in this movie, and so we kind of alluded to it earlier. I I actually like. Uh, yeah, definitely want to get to one more scene. Yeah, I actually like this scene. Um, so his mother dies. Yeah, and, and Walt finds Rusty drunk in the stairwell, and he's in a in suit. A suit. Like, yeah, this is his most. I mean, his, I guess his least drag, for like a better word, outfit, because he's just in a suit. Yeah. So let's let, let's we'll we'll play this clip. Hi. Are you all right? Uh, peachy, honey. Where have you been? Uh, fun and games. My mother's at a funeral and wake. Ah, ah. Finally hear about your mother. Oh, my father killed her a long time ago. Buried her today. That's all. This is my legacy. Her old gloves. She always wore gloves. And she was a, a victim, you know. She's sweet, you know, but a victim. The reformed drunk on her knees at church begging, you know, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and every goddamn saint in heaven to forgive her for giving birth to you know, Cruella de Fag, you know. You know, being a slave to my father before he died. You would have loved each other. <laughs> he, uh, he thought Archie Bunker was a flaming liberal. <laughs> You know, every uh, morning she would uh, get up and fix him breakfast, you know? And uh, every morning for 30 years, she said, Oh, hi, Daddy. 
Do you love me? No answer. <laughs> Every morning, 30 years. Hi, Daddy. Do you love me? No answer. One day my mom says, uh, Hi, Daddy. Do you love me? And uh, he said, No. story is so if you haven't gotten an answer in 30 years you know you ought to know how to buy now <laughs> you know we just watched a movie today and i just got all of that me too i was just saying that like i didn't get all of that the first time okay. i didn't realize that it was first of all i didn't realize it was his mother's funeral and that i didn't realize it was his mother's funeral i didn't realize it was his her gloves that he was picking up off the ground. Would you say, like, sometimes his performance, the voice, it's a little hard to understand? It's a little hard to understand, and it's definitely hard to understand De Niro sometimes. Yeah, you definitely have to be at the edge of your seat listening to what Yeah, but he was, like... He's drunk. He's he's drunk, and he's keeping that character, which Mm -hmm. is already kind of a muddled Yeah, just because he's got that low voice, too. Yeah. So. And then did he say that my mother died a long time ago, but now I'm just burying her? And my father her? killed her a long time ago. A long time, long time like, ago. So it's just oh, like he my killed fa- her okay. soul. Metaphorically. Like, like, yeah, crushed her soul, her spirit. Right. You know, this whole line of... And then I thought, also, do you love me, Daddy? I thought he was talking about himself yes. when he was little, and now I just realize he's talking about the mom he was talking, yeah, called him Daddy. Yeah, because the mom was calling him Daddy. No, I feel like that's a term of endearment. My mom used to call her... My my sure. mom's mom used to call my mother mom, like mommy. My grandparents call each other like mommy and daddy. I think oh, it's a little maybe weird. it's a generational. Yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, but now I got it. Now everything changed. That scene is very different to me now than it was a, an hour ago. It's a very <laughs> a couple sad hours ago. Scene. Yeah. It's just I mean this this that his mom was an alcoholic. His dad was a you know to quote. The quote with Archie Bunker was a flaming liberal, and Archie Bunker. That's so funny. That's an amazing line. Yes, Um, and so did my dad. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just very—it's haunting in a way, just because like all he gets from it is these gloves. Just that's his legacy. That's the legacy. Which is funny, only because it's like that's such a that she always wore gloves it's like such a drag thing to do right well look at us our mothers were drag queens oh, pretty that's much true. so <laughs> it happens the only thing i wish about that scene is basically the only scene philip seymour hoffman is in drag is this scene because he's literally dressed up as a man so this is probably oh, yeah. the most drag he's ever been in and it would have been oh. interesting to kind of like play off like look at me, I'm in drag for the first time in my life or something like that, or having him put on the gloves while talking about it would have been a little more interesting. Yeah, like, if they didn't make it so... Like, it wasn't so shocking for him to be in a suit and not having makeup on, and I was like, I would have wanted more I feel like reaction about that be... from De Niro. Like, I've never seen you like this before. <laughs> yeah, well, after this this clip, I mean, the scene continues, and Rusty, I mean, Rusty really opens up, and he says, like, I'm lonely, I'm ugly, right. I'm a drag queen. Like, he's given up on this, like, or at least in this drunken state that he's an artist, that, you know, and he's just, I mean, again, he's 
these are two very lonely characters, and this right. is the most they've opened up to one another. Mm-hmm. RuPaul has a really good line opener to one of his books, and it says, you're born naked and everything you put on after that is drag. Oh, and so okay. it's a good line. Yeah, like that. it's a great line. And it's sort of like just him wearing the suit to sort of like pass at his mother's funeral or whatever is a form of drag in a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting take. Yeah. yeah that's so we, all, we all wear our costumes. We all yeah. play our characters. Right. And definitely there's like a, a tug of war there with De Niro too because he, he has all these like medals and... Oh, yeah. He's supposed you know, to be playing but we see him open up. And he's then, adorned yeah, in his own way but in the yeah. opposite way. Yeah, I mean, with that one, I mean, there's a scene with his friend Tommy, one of these guards that he saved, and... And he doesn't see himself as a hero. No, and... Yeah, exactly. He doesn't see himself as a hero, and he doesn't want LaShawn to hear about his, you know, like, awards and stuff like that, but then Tommy is very... I mean, people seem... Like, almost... There's this point of that we just have to accept that they're accepting at this point, you know what I'm saying? There's almost, like, this jump in... Uh, Beliefs. Oh, is this a scene where he talks about his best friend goes missing? That's or something he never little, told anybody. That's a little later on. Yeah, that, that was an interesting scene too. So that's something I definitely wanted to touch on. We'll just like touch on some uh, stuff here. So yeah, it's these three guys, and they keep showing the picture. And you mentioned the first guy's There's name. There's Tommy and there. Joey, and Walt is De Niro, which so, is the one that goes to Asia. Yeah, goes to Thailand because he ended up using. Yeah, Walt. he he used Walt again just to go to the airport. But Walt is like that's part of the reason Walt doesn't see himself as a hero is because his best friend essentially like screwed him. Yeah, and I mean he really screwed the the bank that they were security guards at. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean I thought that was I thought that was an interesting uh, element there. It's one of like the side. Yeah, yeah and they had like this sort okay of revealing with. moment, like I'm going to share something that I never told anybody. Yeah, he supposedly's never told anybody, and then Rusty we find out that Rusty is the one that has Mr. Mr. Z's Z's money. (laughs) Right, and that's where it all comes back together, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. That, yeah, exactly, that that he, and then, and Walt feels that Rusty was using him. Which is a reoccurring theme in De Niro's character is he's, he thinks the prostitute, or the, is obviously paid off to come and visit him when he's sick, and He's really suspicious about everyone around him. He's he can't, like paranoid. He right. can't just take a gift or a compliment. He thinks everyone's using him for something. Yeah, that that was because we mentioned it before. Originally, he's in love with that one prostitute, even though he doesn't think she's a prostitute. And then eventually, yeah, he says she's a lady, and then the one he doesn't see her as a prostitute. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're trying to do some sort of comparison between the drag queens and the prostitutes, <laughs> also. That, like, your perception of, or people's perception of you. Yeah, Yeah, no, they're definitely trying to draw lines between these two characters the entire time. And some of them really land, and some of them are a little bit murky. Um, You know, then he ends, I guess he, I don't know if he winds up with Mimi, but it turns out to be more of a real thing. Yeah, I mean, they go, and then they... Mimi. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, they go, he goes, and they have their, he dances with her, and then they sleep together but then that's when he's returning I mean we're getting to the end of the film and Walt returns back and the weird character of Leonard warns him (laughs) he's like keep quiet and at this point 
uh, Walt and Rusty had their falling out because he found that, right. that Rusty had the money. Right, and if you hear anything, yeah, ignore it. Ignore it, and he's like, I don't give a shit about what happens in this crap hole of an apartment or whatever. Right. And But then when Walt hears people Rusty getting attacked by Mr. Z and his two thugs. He goes up there with his gun. How do they find out he has the money? Oh, because they find, like, uh, oh, they read because, his mail. And yeah, Le- like, Leonard reads Rusty's yeah, he mail. Yeah, he steamed it. He steamed, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, and this... sees the medical bills that he's... That that's like 25000 plus yeah. 25000 for something else. And I was like, this one knows what he's doing with the steam. Sneaky Leonard. You've never done that before? Nope. <laughs> Well, now it's, e- now it's emails. Now you just have to... Yeah, just steam you don't those have to emails. steam those up. Steam those emails. <laughs> um, yeah, so, basically... Rusty returns back from the flawless pageant where Cha-Cha has one for the third time in a row. And Mr. Z and the two thugs are there, but then when Walt hears that, he goes upstairs with the gun, shoots, like, the one thug, but he gets shot at the same time. And then Rusty battles out and then goes into the hallway. Yeah, this walk. is like an action scene. It becomes almost like the end scene to like Montana to uh, what's the uh, other the getaway that's yeah, to name so. a few other... Wasn't the best action here? No. No. This was <laughs> not yeah, this wasn't this Joel Schumacher. Very it was rough. drawn out. Yeah. yeah. I thought it should have just ended in a much more like succinct way. <laughs> yeah, just that, like, I mean, it could have been good that, maybe, like, I, honestly, because there's that whole story that, that Tommy tells, uh, you know, the security buddy of Walt, that Walt played, like, unconscious during that crime, and yeah. was able to shoot the two guys, I just thought that that's how it was gonna play out right. again, and that Rusty was gonna, like, again, hit one of them with something, be able to move away, and then Walt, you know, pops them from no, the... No, that would have been easier. It's a but big no, fight scene. It becomes a big fight like, scene. Like, what the hell? Yeah, like, like Yeah, like a, a bad version of, like, Taxi Driver at the end. <laughs> then he goes into the hallway, <laughs> and then uh, Rusty ends up killing the one guy with the heel of his shoe, Yeah, right, right? between the eyes. Right between <laughs> the eyes. Is there any oh, heel? Yeah. Is there any stiletto that that's... I mean, I <laughs> it'd have to be pretty sharp, and you'd have to be pretty <laughs> swift. It just seems like something a, from, a like, a... 5'11", 20... 220 pound drag queen is not wearing stiletto heels. Yeah, back from the flawless pageant. Yeah, she is wearing wedges or. But I did like her shoes. Yeah. The, oh, the yeah, the final Mr. Z gets the gunshot through the neck, bottom of the yeah, yeah, like the neck chin through the mouth, skull through the skull. In out when, in one way out the other. Yeah. I like when Rusty's on the fire escape and is like, okay, she's like <laughs> Grace, Grace Kelly rear view window yeah. like, oh I actually love like that like when he would mention yeah even in this dramatic scene there's like these like yeah. he would mention the the actress and then like the movie yeah. and then <laughs> the inspiration like, yeah that like those elements of the fight that scene was very stuff. funny yeah but there was yeah, one that, he mentioned I was like oh okay that fight was definitely but then it's like the flower pot on the guy's head <laughs> it's like the slapstick like I know. and then Mr. Z's like I know it's a steel door but it's that whole like banging into yours just on the walls on the floor like in behind that's where like you know that was a total setup earlier why he has a steel door I mean again my, my, like I get that from like he was that character's nervous and that times someone breaking into like his apartment but that was totally a like much. a setup earlier for yeah. this like what will delay that and again I would have just written that as like a much shorter like one minute scene of him on the ground and, yeah I didn't really yeah. care about that scene exactly. at all I was like okay yeah we already had that like Walt shows up to help you know to save right. Rusty again we and get then, it yeah exactly oh the one I was going to mention that I was like oh okay was 
he was like Linda Hamilton Terminator 2 yeah (laughs) yeah that just seemed a little like I mean it's a very strong female character but it was like a little too at that point like Linda Hamilton I think that's only like a seven year reference yeah that wouldn't have been yeah it's not not it's it's not a Grace Kelly rear view no yeah rear window it's kind of weird and then okay so they bring out De Niro in the ambulance yeah and as we said earlier yeah it ends at like they won't let Philip Zimmer off and well, I love that again. It's a Rusty. uh, Rusty's entourage is there to get their time on camera. Oh yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah, that was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. That's what would happen. <laughs> yeah, that would be real. It's like it's your time. <laughs> the ones in the, yeah, each the, one of them is uh, like on a, a different moment. news station yeah. as like an eyewitness. Yeah. But then they roll um, De Niro into the ambulance, and and Rusty joins along, saying that he's gonna be, you know, that he is, you know, they say family only. He says that. I'm his sister. Of course, he says he's. Yeah, my and then De Niro says, "Yeah, he's my sister." Yeah, <laughs> and then and then he, uh, he just flashes some cash and be like, yeah, "Take the, me to the best hospital." Yeah, um, and he's Nurse Ratchet. That's his last little <laughs> pop culture was, reference. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. yeah so uh, that's that's uh, the film. Anything else you want to add, Kyle? Or I mean, what in the end it, did you two find this? an entertaining movie or is it was it... entertaining I'm so glad that I saw it and I feel like I need to watch it again I feel like I want to watch it again now yeah doing this yeah because I feel like I missed a whole bunch of things <laughs> do you think it, is, it, is, it fair, is it fair to say that it's a film you think you'll recommend to I think I would re- recommend it in a in the sense that it could be like sort of like a culty campy film yeah with the asterisks of watch it for the performances yes like give the forewarning of yeah it's a time capsule yeah okay I like that for sure like there are movies that I like that I could watch over and over again but it's not because they're the best films it's just because they capture a sort of moment and then also there's a performance this is a great movie to see Philip in and like study his acting in it yeah for sure. And Robert De Niro. Sure. I mean, yeah, as far as, like, later... I mean, this movie is already uh, almost 20 years old, but it's definitely one of his, like, later really decent performances. I think my biggest surprise is that he really didn't have any feature roles prior to this. Yeah. I mean, he, this is this is at the cusp of when he really starts getting some, you know, like, leaving roles. He's had some decent screen time, but it was always, like, via ensemble... Or just strong, like a great character in one or two scenes. But this. So was... in that case, I feel like I appreciate it so much more because I feel like if this was going to be, like, first of all, to to lead, you know, to co-star with Robert De Niro must have been a huge deal for him. Mm-hmm. Daunting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then on top of that, to play such a an out there character. Out there character. I think he was just chomping at the bit. As, he was just again, like, I'll take... A, but it seemed to suit him. Oh, it seems so natural. Yeah. Now, has he ever done anything else where he's in drag? I don't think so. We'll have to see, because, again, a lot of This type of drag. We haven't seen. Not that... No, no definitely not to this level. Yeah. Not off the top of my head. We'll have to keep an eye out he for He plays that. some, like, flamboyant characters, but not... By no yeah, like, over the top, but nothing drag. No. You know, I don't think so, at least. I guess we'll see, though. If there is, Hoff fans, call us out on it. Yes, please let <laughs> us know. Um, I guess, I mean, that's flawless. Yeah, that is flawless. Flawless is not flawless. Or not. No. Right. No, yeah, or, or, not. Not. or not. I woke up like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically the type of drag that we do. 
Unflawless. Oh. Uh. <laughs> a spinoff. We let's we can make this. That's make right. This happen with a hyphen. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, just for our audience, where can where can they find you? Well, Goldie is on Tinder, Grinder, Plenty of Fish, Farmers <laughs> Only. Speak for yourself, Ona. <laughs> we do our monthly show in Inwood, Manhattan. At Indian Road Cafe. Yes. Right. And then um, last Thursday of every month last at 8 o'clock, always for a different charity. Yeah, that's the great thing. I don't, did, we, did I mention We've that? We've kind of been like, alluding yeah. to it. But yeah, yeah, that's so great. We always pick out a local charity. We're actually, I just booked next uh, December's charity because since it's only monthly, people sort of like have lined up. Wow, and that's we just awesome. booked our pretty like backed up till Christmas. Yeah, well, that's, that's New that's Year. Great. It's pretty cool for three years yeah. of doing this. Um, we always raise like a couple thousand dollars. That's great. Are there any specific charities you'd like to do a, like a shout out to to get people? I mean, besides coming out to your shows that you'd like to, people to be aware of. Things? Well, okay, so we're doing the Dykeman Farmhouse Museum, which is also a we local did the Inwood Film Festival. I don't know if you guys Festival. are involved with. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely no, of it. them. So we're, we yeah. are doing Inwood Art Works, which is un, the now the organization that Inwood Film Festival falls under. Okay. Oh, cool, cool. And so we're, we're doing, supporting them. We did Northern Manhattan Arts and Culture. That was recently. What else is coming up? The Children's Brain Tumor Foundation is the one we just did a couple weeks ago. Right. Which, which is not like super local, but still a, a local resident of works for them. And then we have like a, um, there's a kids camp for children with disabilities. That's the one in December called Spark Kids. That's, that's coming up. I mean, that's great, great that you, you've you done yeah, so much. Yeah, you're doing much. something fun and it's, and it's for a good, you know. I know, we should probably count how much money we've made. That was my next question. We we raise around almost a thousand dollars. Yeah, between eight hundred and a thousand dollars every month. We were doing it for three years. There was a lull for a little while, but yeah. I feel like since September we've really picked up a lot of steam, and we get we're pretty much like sold out every month. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like standing say, room only. That's part of the reason why uh, I haven't been in in a couple months. Yeah, you got to show up early. Get yeah, reservations, you, you, you girl. Ha- you have to get there early. <laughs> you yeah. do. Yeah, it's like that in pub trivia. Who knew? <laughs> Speaking of headliners on 218th Street. That's right. Let's talk about This opposites. is what you get. That's right. Pacino and Hoffman. <laughs> or, not Al- De Niro? De Niro. You can, you can be De Niro. Oh my God, I just... Th- talk a slip. That was an Italian <laughs> Freudian slip. So is there um, a place where oh, uh, so you can follow you? Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram. I'm Lox, L-O-X, the number four, love, L-U-V. I'm Ona dot Louise and um, follow us. Yeah, we're also on Facebook. Indie Drag Bingo at Indie Rogue Cafes on Facebook. And you can email us too at ircdragbingo at gmail dot com. And we're always looking for new charities, so great. Bring them our way. Awesome, perfect. Wonderful. Once again, thanks for coming on. I hope you enjoyed Flawless, or at least enjoyed speaking with us. <laughs> This we is did. amazing. <laughs> we're crossing media That's right. boundaries yeah. with this we're podcasting. We're podcasting now. We're pod queens. Right. Never looked better. <laughs> pod queens. There you go. I was like, do drag queens podcast. do podcasts? How would you know? Well, Ru- RuPaul has a podcast. <laughs> oh, really? I know, but they yes. already know who RuPaul is. Oh, well. You could do at least, it's not, I mean, some people do bi-weekly, monthly podcasts. If you do a monthly show, 
there, you should uh, maybe think about doing your own monthly like podcast. That would be great. We wouldn't have to do makeup. Nobody would know. <laughs> Don't tell the viewers. The illusion. <laughs> we are in full face right We're now. We're always flawless. <laughs> On that note, Fun-ups. what do we have next week, Kyle? We have our third collaboration between PTA and PSH, Magnolia. Yeah, really excited about that one next week. we got a great guest, Tim O'Connor. He's a filmmaker. Honestly, one of the biggest P.T. Anderson fans I know. Yeah, I've never met Tim before, but looking forward to hearing his thoughts on P.T.A. and P.S.H. So, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, do all those things. Please comment. We love your comments. Comment. Yeah, we're getting a good following going. Hoff fans, we thank you very much. And uh, Ona, Goldie, we have now been ending the show with reminding the Hoff fans to stay uncool. It's a line from Almost Famous, and we'd love for you to uh, say that for our audience right now. Ready, Ona? At the count yeah, of three. everyone out there. One, two, three. Stay, stay uncool. Perfect. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Sexy things, sexy things. I believe in miracles.